Hello and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. This is episode six for October 9th. 2018. Thank you for joining me. Today, I have two great guests to talk about something very sinister, something very dark. It is, in fact, dark mode on various operating systems. As you may be aware, macOS recently introduced a version with dark mode in the Mojave operating system. There are other dark modes available in Windows and in Android and in iOS, and hopefully we'll talk about all of them with my guests. Let me introduce them now. First up is Rosemary Orchard, a web developer and co-host of the Automators podcast on Relay FM. Hi, Rose. Hello, Shelley. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. My next guest is Jesse Anderson. He is an assistive technology specialist at the Division for Blind Services for the state of Minnesota and an accessibility expert. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing really good. I've asked Rose and, and Jesse here because they have both, I guess, professional and uh, personal feelings about dark mode, as I do. And I'll just uh, out myself for those of you who aren't familiar. I am visually impaired myself, and I use some kind of dark mode or invert colors on whatever platforms I'm working on. So I'm a dark mode native. I think, Jesse, maybe you're – are you a dark no mode native or an occasional user? What? How do you classify yourself? Um, I use a little bit of everything. Um, I am I am low vision. I am legally blind, and uh, I use a combination of a lot of times Windows magnifier on uh, the computer, uh, and then I use a lot of combination with uh, like screen readers, uh, screen readers, and then on mobile I use more of some some invert colors, some dark modes. If I'd love a dark mode on iOS, if there was one, but uh, I use a combination of that and uh, screen reader. And Rose, what's your relationship with dark mode? Um, it's a little bit here and there. So, for example, I use an intelligent development environment, and that is exclusively in dark mode. It never comes out of dark mode. Menu bars, the coding area, it's all dark mode. But the actual operating system itself, I struggle with in dark mode uh, for some reason. Um, I do not have any uh, visual impairment at all, which I'm very grateful for, but it seems to me like uh, it's uh, one of those things that you either love it or you hate it. I had to say, when it's dark at night, I do put my iPhone in invert color mode, though. What platform is your development environment? Uh, I Well, I use PHP Storm, but I pri primarily develop on Mac, though I do have a Windows machine as well. That's interesting that it's by default in dark mode because we know that there are creative apps like Logic now in, in Mac OS and, and other apps where dark mode is either a default or they allow you to choose themes as an audition. But is it unusual that a development environment would have a dark mode natively? Uh, no. To programmers, uh, there, there's the the ongoing gag of we, we sit in the dark and we program. And while it's a, while it's a gag, in some <laughs> ways it's quite true. You know, a lot of us do sit in front of a computer all day and it tends to be easier on the eyes at the very least if you have a good dark theme to use that. Amen. Now, some of my colleagues really don't get along with that at all. So it's probably a mixed bag. That's why I always thought I ought to be a programmer because of that whole we sit in the dark because that's like that's where I want to be. I want to sit in the dark. So <laughs> well, it's quite fun over here. We have chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I I live in like people come over uh, and they they see me as like, do you ever turn any lights on? I just you know no, just sit in the sit in the in the dark room. Got the monitor glow and uh, usually uh, doing a dark mode or something like that. Good to go. 
It's funny because I, I guess I always assumed, and I, it is true, that my, my low vision has a lot to do with why I choose to be in that kind of environment. But after so many years of doing it, it just feels comfortable. And I, I worked with a guy once who had no visual impairment whatsoever, and we all worked in a cube farm. And he was a programmer but had come to work with us to do some writing. And he actually went to elaborate measures to essentially put a roof on his cube. And he made this – it was kind of terrible, actually. He used this big blanket tarp thing, and he put it over his cube. So he had this little cave – Eventually, they made him take it down because it was just too weird and antisocial, and he was texting his girlfriend from New Zealand all day long. But that's a whole other story. That does sound a little bit weird, but at the same time, I, there there are times at work where I would like my the, my side of the room to be much darker than my colleagues would like it, and so it's a little bit like, how do we make this work? It's yeah, it's a bit tricky. There are times at work where I would kill for a uh, kind of a dark little cave, a dark and quiet cave, because you get all kinds of weird conversations nearby. Well, there's that, too. In the past, I've actually screwed fluorescent lights out, uh, taken taken a fluorescent light tube out. I work in a university environment right now, and I'm sort of concerned that they would not be pleased with me doing it because there's all sorts of, you know, who who runs the building versus who are my people that I work with, so I haven't done it. But when I did, when I took the job, I was interviewed in this big open cube farm with floor-to-ceiling windows, and I said, I, I don't need a lot of specific accommodations, but if you could put me in a cube that is not very near those giant windows, I would be happy. And they were like, really? Because everybody else wants to be near the windows. I said, well, great. Give me the darkest cube possible. The only disadvantage of that is I'm a little bit away from my coworkers, like two or three cube lengths away, and uh, because we yell across the room at each other, it's not ideal. We also use Slack, so it works out. But uh, yeah. So about dark modes, all of the operating systems, the sort of main ones, I guess we'll talk about Windows 10, Mac OS, iOS, and Android have some sort of dark mode or at least the ability to invert colors. And I, I guess my first topic of conversation would be, what is a dark mode? Because I know my, my mainstream friends have said for years, such and such OS needs a dark mode. Why doesn't it have a dark mode? And of course, I've been using invert colors in one form or another for a long time. And I know that there are differences, but I guess I'd just like to hear from you. What what do you think constitutes a dark mode? What should a dark mode have to be useful to you? There is actually a, a, a pretty significant difference between an actual dark mode and something like an invert colors. Because one of the things, if you're using like an invert colors or a high contrast theme, what those tend to do is they try to strip out a lot of the color or if you're inverting, you know, everything, you know, reds look blue, blue look red and, you know, all kinds of things. So if you're looking at anything really image intensive, you're actually losing a lot of the original look, um, you know, especially if you're trying to, you know, like I said, look at images on the Internet or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> whereas a dark mode, I think, basically makes your basic background layer um, a dark color, be it black, dark gray, kind of a darkish blue I've seen, that kind of a thing, but really tries to leave your content alone. So, you know, if you have, you know, you may have hyperlinks in like a lighter color, like a yellow or, you know, yellow or white or something, and then you have lighter colored text, but then all your icons, all your buttons, all your images, animations, those kind of things should kind of stay the same because that way you still have you know, a kind of more rich looking environment, but it's much, much easier on the eyes. That's kind of the way I look at it. 
Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's yeah, it's about making things easier on the eyes, especially for people who work in front of a computer all day. A lot of them probably think that a dark mode would be useful for that because our eyes do get tired if we're looking at the same thing all the time. And I'm sure it's the same in any job. It doesn't matter if you're a pilot staring at the sky all day, your eyes probably get quite tired. That's why they need regulated breaks. Um, but yeah, it's about yeah, trying to make it easy on the eyes, but still giving you the content that you're looking for in the manner that your eyes would expect to interpret it, however that might be. It does seem like invert color schemes that are designed for people with disabilities are more of a blunt instrument, whereas there's not a lot of thought about the subtleties of shading of, of what colors are easier on the eyes. It's just more, let's invert. And of course, then you have the difficulty then of things like images not being rendered correctly. It's like looking at negatives instead of looking at photos. And, and it, it seems like to make a dark mode work, some understanding of how people see color, whether they have full vision or whether they have some visual disability that may, in my case, it limits the color that I see because I'm somewhat colorblind. Uh, but in other cases, uh, there are people with visual disabilities that are very different than mine that want things to be really, really bright. If you have macular degeneration, for example, you might want a really bright environment, but you also may still benefit from a dark mode because you need something that's easy on the eye. So I guess that's the, the challenge is figuring out how you design a dark mode that has the shades of color or that maybe gives you flexibility? How important is flexibility in configuring your own version of dark mode, do you think? Well, for me, it's definitely very important. I can say that I've been, I've been struggling actually with dark mode in Mojave just because it's so dark. And in some cases, it's not dark enough. In other cases, it's too dark. And my eyes are getting very confused in some areas about what is the content that I'm supposed to be looking at. And so I mean, that's me as a fully sighted person. I can imagine anybody with a visual impairment must also need some kind of granularity. Yeah, and I think it's also important um, for a lot of different reasons. But you know, to you know, ha having more options is never a bad thing. Um, you know, some people see different colors better. You know, again, people who are colorblind. You know, maybe you decide, oh well, our um, our dark mode is going to have like I said, hyperlinks to be uh, yellow or a certain color. Uh, maybe they can't see that color very well, or maybe somebody wants to work in more of a, a grayscale environment, those types of things. So, you know, being able to adjust, you know, like your uh, your text color, maybe your link color, button color, you can do some of that like in Windows 10 with their um, high contrast things, but that is separate from dark mode, so I won't go too much into that. Yeah, I want to get to sort of the way that different operating systems have have dealt with dark mode type features in the past and and where we at, are at in the future. But I guess so. So Jesse, are you working with clients directly enough to know whether the different kinds of visual disabilities matter in terms of the way dark mode ought to be configured? And is that something you try and help them out with or recommend operating systems that are more flexible in that regard? Well, definitely. I mean, that is absolutely one of the things that we immediately look at. You know, it's like if somebody is low vision, you know, we'll look at, okay, you know, what is your visual, uh, in, you know, not looking at it technically like, oh, what visual acuity are you? But like, you know, we'll set it at like a set magnification level, you know, and we'll do full color. It's like, okay, is that easy for you to see? Do you need it larger? Do you need it smaller? And then the very next step that we'll likely do is, um, you know, we'll look at color combinations because, you know, you get people who are, extremely light sensitive, uh, especially uh, uh, people with albinism. That's one of the things that, um, you know, people get really light sensitive. I mean, even myself, 
if I'm looking at a light screen for a long time uh, and I don't have the option to invert or whatever it is, uh, or there's fluorescent lighting, anything like that, I'll, I'll sometimes wear uh, sunglasses inside just because it makes things a lot easier for me. But yeah, we definitely, when we work with people, we look at, you know, we'll try uh, inverted, we'll look at grayscale. And in combination with that, you know, one of the things that we'll do is um, look at different like fonts and, you know, even bolding things. So maybe you have a uh, black background, white or yellow text, and then to make that pop out even further, we'll use something like Zoom text to offer uh, the bold text option, which some people really like as well. Let's let's dig into the operating systems a little bit. So Mojave for macOS just came out a few weeks ago. And Rose, were you on the beta? Have you been using it for a while? Yeah, so I have been using it for a while because I thought, you know, like I spend a lot of my time working with uh, applications that are already in dark mode. I'm going to love dark mode. And so as soon as uh, Stephen Hackett mentioned that it was stable enough to jump on, I I put my my per- my personal machine on it. I didn't there, I put my window, my work machine on it. My boss might have <laughs> killed me or something had gone wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, I, I've been playing around with it. And in some ways, I really like it. In some ways, I have been struggling with it. Apps which aren't necessarily optimized for it um, sometimes get a little thing. I'm pretty certain that this is an Apple bug where the text that was black goes white and it's on a very light gray background. And I'm there going, I now have absolutely no hope of reading this. I have to switch my <laughs> operating system back to light mode because this must be in some ways what being visually impaired is like, I can't see anything on my screen anymore. What what am I supposed to do here? Um which is horrible, but other applications have been optimized for it and it works really well, though the actual effect of switching between the light and dark mode definitely needs some work. Uh, it's quite flashy on the eyes right now. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. I, I find it, you have to, I have to do it, turn away, and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I Are think the apps it, you're using mostly optimized a little bit? I mean, what's, what's, do you feel like the status of app? Support is? Uh, I'm, I'm, on a lot of betas, uh, <laughs> I should be clear about that. But uh, the apps that I use mostly, so for example, I use Safari Technology Preview, which of course was updated, um, as is the built-in Safari. I'm using OmniFocus, which the latest beta has got uh, automatic switching, though the version 3 that came out had manual switching between light and dark mode. So if you wanted, and you can still use that. So if you want to use OmniFocus in light mode and the operating system in dark mode, you can do that. Um, Fantastical, Airmail, though they've been doing something a little weird recently. They've been highlighting all links, including even if they're in buttons, which makes it really difficult to read, um, especially in dark mode. That was a very weird. I had a red link and a red button earlier today, and that did <laughs> not work for me at all. I was there going, what is this? So, uh, yeah, it's in general, it's pretty good. And I like the ability to set your own accent color because that does feed through. So I've noticed in some applications, like I, I love purple. I really do. Purple is not high enough contrast for me i'm now using pink <laughs> because that is something i can actually see um which if i'm having difficulties with that then i imagine other users must be as well the accent color thing works even if you're not using dark mode oh yeah took me because yeah. i was playing with that for a while and it's taken me a little time to get used to that my search boxes are outlined now in a certain way and i was like oh okay I'm, i think i might choose a different accent color because i'm not really happy with mine but i like that that flexibility exists anyways Yes, though I have to say pink gets a little confusing because it looks like red sometimes. 
So is it OmniFocus its own dark mode, or is it just that they give you a toggle that lets you switch in and out of it for the app only? Uh, so OmniFocus in the, I'm just opening the style section, so the, you can select either the automatic color palette, which then will be light mode if your operating system is in light mode, dark mode if the operating system is in dark mode, or you can select OmniFocus or OmniFocus dark. So that that's the options. You can specify either your light mode or your dark mode or the same as your operating system. My guess is that's a lot smarter than most apps will be, even when they have full support. And I'll be curious to see whether I, I use Omni Outline or not OmniFocus. I'll be curious to see whether it carries over to all their other tools as well. But I'm a Chrome browser user. And so dark mode has really been difficult for me because they haven't done anything about that. And I, I, I've just not, I'm so used to Chrome. It's not even that I have any sort of religious preference for it but i have to sort of think well is it worth it if i want to use dark mode on a regular basis to go back to safari but then i remember i have bookmarks synced in various places that haven't been updated and i guess i wonder what what, what you're feeling about the sort of likelihood that third-party apps don't have to speak to chrome specifically that's just my example but whether you feel like that's progressing beyond the sort of apps like fantastical and omnifocus and and maybe even airmail where they're very sort of tied into the Mac zeitgeist, if you will, and so mm-hmm. they're more likely to get their updates first. But are there other things that you feel like might be slower, or, or what, what do you think is the outlook for that sort of thing? Well, I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised to see that Skype has at least partially updated. My chat background right now is white, but the if I move to a different screen, then the, the pop-up is actually dark, whereas previously that was a very light gray. So I'm impressed to see that Microsoft is moving in that direction already, and I would really like to see it from Microsoft Word, because that's what I have to use to write my essays for my master's degree, and I end up writing those quite late at night sometimes, and dark mode would definitely be helpful there. So I think we're going to see that definitely from some of the bigger players, but I'm more concerned about the medium-sized players, if you will. So the people that aren't necessarily as big as Microsoft or Google, but they are definitely bigger than maybe the people that make Fantastical or 1Password, um, and they haven't yet built in support for that. And it's going to be interesting to see how many developers make the effort. Some of these developers do already have dark modes built into applications, of course. So it's just a case of will they build in the automatic switching? The ones I worry about are the utilities that don't necessarily think of themselves as a visual interface, if you will. So they're not saying, oh, well, I need dark mode so I can create a working environment, but I'm, I'm just a utility or I'm a text tool or something like that. And so I, I guess I'm, I've, I've started keeping a running list of ones that work and ones that, ones that don't for my own use. And uh, anyway, we'll see. But I, I'm a part-time dark mode user for that reason because I can't trust what I'm going to get. Jesse, have you played with Mojave at all? I just got it installed, I think, like two days ago. So <clears throat> I was actually able to uh, take a look at it very briefly. I'm not a huge Mac user. I primarily work both at, at home and at work in Windows. I mean, we do some stuff. Um, I always kind of tell people, like, I can get it around the Mac. I can kind of fake it okay. Um, but I don't have, you know, like the same familiarity. And, like, I can't just quickly jump around with shortcuts and stuff near as efficiently as I can <clears throat> in Windows. But... From what I've looked at Mojave, um, like I said, went right when I did the install, I came up with the two options right away. Hey, do you want light or dark mode? I said, heck yeah, bring on the darkness. And, uh, you know, looked around it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I actually find the dark mode to be quite good uh, from what I've used of it so far. I use the built-in Zoom feature as well. And um, with so with combination with Zoom and VoiceOver, 
Um, you know, just being able to have the dark mode. I mean, I, I, I should mention that both on Windows and Mac, well, and mobile for that matter, but the way I use a combination of speech and magnification might be a little different from your typical low vision user because most people um, that I kind of see is they will <clears throat> really like to still primarily use their vision to visually read things, um, you know, and have audio have your speech or screen reader as a backup. For me, I actually still love the dark mode because it makes it a lot easier on the eyes. But what I tend to do is I will use magnification um, and I will read short tasks visually, but I, um, what I'll do is I, I use, whether it's voiceover or NVDA system access narrator, IO, uh, vo uh, voiceover on iOS or talkback on Android. I tend to, you know, uh, on a computer, I'll use my mouse to move over something and have the mouse echo feature. So like, oh, my mouse has hovered over for this for a second. It'll read it aloud. So I use that, especially for longer uh, reading and your keyboard stuff. But from what, yeah, from what little I've seen of, um, I've worked in Safari a little bit on Thursday and Friday, and it, it, I liked it so far, the dark mode. You're not doing production tasks in a media app, say Logic or Final Cut or anything like that. So you're primarily interacting with probably Word documents and web pages, things like that? Yeah, mainly web pages, maybe a little bit of mail. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I still primarily work in um, in, in Windows. I, I mainly use it for, you know, kind of keeping up on at least trying to know the basics um, to be able to show people, you know, the core parts of Mac accessibility. So, you know, again, showing them the visual, show them all the various accessibility features, um, you know, get them around the, you know, all the kind of built-in applications, mail, Safari, um, the desktop, um, things like that. What do you feel like dark mode does in Mojave that, say, invert colors on the Mac might not do? Or what does dark mode do better, if you, if you can't answer that question? Well, again, it kind of comes back to um, when you have a dark mode, every, or when you have a dark mode, you kind of keep, you know, if you have little icons, if you have uh, little pictures here and there, those things don't get inverted. So you keep everything uh, in normal color looking that way. And when you're doing invert colors, you know, again, most websites, you know, I do most of what I do on the Mac, if I'm using it as I'm in, I'm on the internet doing something and the internet, as we all know, is very image heavy in a lot of cases. And so everything looks all, you know, inverted and, you know, kind of trippy <laughs> that way. And so I just like to have, you know, I like to keep the background dark, but actually still keep the detail and original color of things in the foreground if I can. Well, let me throw it to you to talk about Windows a little bit. And I'll say I am not up to speed on the Windows 10 improvements. But the thing Windows has always allowed that I was super jealous of as a Mac user is the ability for you to theme your interface. So you could have just backgrounds that were dark or you could and you could increase the size of text or the colors of text. You could change the way menu bars and the, uh, the taskbar looked. And you could save those as themes that were your, you, there are some themes that were built in that are high contrast themes, and then you could, could save that. But Windows 10 has gone further with dark mode. So why don't you sort of give us a primer on that? Yeah, um, I actually, like I said, I am a Windows person. That is definitely where I feel most comfortable. And I got to say, Microsoft is doing some really nice things in Windows 10. Um, <clears throat> you do have 
your high contrast, like you have your high contrast, white, high contrast, dark themes or black themes. And then you also have, um, in, I think about a year, it was either the spring update earlier this year or the fall. I think it was the fall update last year. Um, they, they had some other low vision things where you had these color filters and, Prior to that, I was actually using Windows Magnifier, and it went, while Windows Magnifier was running, I could just hit a quick keyboard shortcut, and I could turn invert colors on and off, but that was tied to Windows Magnifier. Well, they added another feature that is separate from that, and that, though, like I said, those are the color filters, and I can turn on, do I want like a um, inverted, do I want grayscale, do I want grayscale inverted, Um and then those are those are separate from magnifiers. So, you know, I go in and out of magnification all the time. And so, you know, it stinks when you before when you had magnifier on and then you made it small to do something else, and then you then you were blinding yourself because it turned to be real bright white again. And now I just use a separate keyboard shortcut, which I'm using right now to look at these uh, our Google Docs here. And, um, you know, that's separate from Windows Magnifier. And then on top of that, like I said, then you have your high contrast, your high contrast white and your dark. Um, but then they have like a custom thing where you basically you go in and you can kind of create your own custom theme. So you have like a slider um, of your kind of color hues. Uh, you slide that a little bit. And then you have a full like this big square area and you can just kind of pick from like this whole kind of rainbow gradient of colors of like, okay. Uh, and you can customize, uh, what is it like the background? You can say, I want the buttons. I can specify, I want the, the text in the background of a button. I want links to be this color. I want, uh, unavailable. Like if something is grayed out normally, you can specify, uh, you can ex- you can specify those separately from your active links versus your um, grayed out content, and so yeah, I kind of like it actually. Um, I still prefer, like I said, a dark mode because I think you lose everything becomes flattened, and you lose a lot of your gradients, your your textures, maybe your buttons that kind of make uh, or your shadows that make buttons stand out. So it kind of just depends. Um, I was looking while, while you guys were talking earlier, I was looking kind of at word because a coworker of mine told me, I think just yesterday because office 2019 is out now. And with office 365, I don't know if mine is fully updated, but somewhere under the view menu, we're supposed to be able to turn the black, um, the background of a word document in 2019 or the latest version of 365, uh, we're supposed to be able to turn that into a black background, which would be good. And then you combine that with your dark theme of Office, where that makes your menu bars and your dialog boxes uh, dark as well. And one final thing I'll mention about Windows, they had the f- October 2018 update, which, disclaimer, um, it, it it's fantastic. Um, they've done a lot of nice things uh, fix some bugs, and they've done a lot with Windows Magnifier, which I can talk about a little bit later if you want. But um, they pulled it in the last day or so because apparently for some people it was um, some of your, like, my documents areas and stuff, like when you did the update, sometimes files would just kind of magically disappear for some reason for people. There are some nice additional um 
dark mode and and things like that so they've expanded like the dark mode into file explorer or windows explorer if you're familiar with that terminology more i was scrolling through an article about windows 10 dark mode and 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 what you were saying backs that up both in terms of excessive backs up what i'm about to say both in terms of accessibility in general it almost seems like windows has too many customization options I mean, you could get really lost, especially if you're not a super experienced user or very persnickety about the way you like things on your system. Well, see, that's the thing is, I mean, I love the fact that they do choice, but there are cases, like I said, right now I'm in Word. Well, because I, here's the thing. So I have inverted colors because I have the body of my Word document is black, but because I have my dark mode in Word, then if I invert the colors, now my menu bar is kind of a lighter color. But so if I, you know, now if I turn my, um, my color filter shortcut off, now I have my dark menu bar, but my document is light. So yeah, there are things, um, that do conflict with each other sometimes. So you kind of just have to figure out your own workflow and, you know, what works for you. I, I, again, I, I like to focus on knowing some of those keyboard shortcuts so you don't have to keep going into your ease of access center and just, you know, like. Oh, I can hit Windows Control C, turn my favorite color filter on and off, or um, you know, things like that. Right. Rose, have you spent much time in, in Windows and, and fooled around with dark mode of any kind? Uh, I don't spend that much time in Windows. Uh, Windows, I have a virtual machine at work, and I have a gaming PC at home. So to be honest, if I'm using my PC at home, I tend to be in a game, and they're dark mode anyway, if we're being honest. Like, yeah. Um, which is great fun. Um, but I, I have to say, I've do enjoy the general darker look with Windows. So by default, your uh, start bar is black and things like that. That is something I very much enjoy. And I, after hearing you talk about it, Jesse, I'm definitely going to dig in there on my machine at work and see if I can make it a little bit more comfortable to use because sometimes it's a bit like, oh, okay, this is quite bright and in my face. I don't need this right now. So I'm going to have to I, and I live in File Explorer, so I was so glad when they made that dark. I'm like, yes, finally, excellent. And again, you can save those settings. So I can see myself tweaking and tweaking and getting to a group of settings that I like, which is not something that Mac OS or iOS have provided us in any way. Of course, they don't have as many settings to save, but I used to do that with Windows themes. Like I would, whatever my user was, I made sure I knew where I'd created a custom theme and I would tweak the colors. And and Windows, just to, just to be fair and to point out something that's always startled me about Mac OS invert colors Windows has always had the ability to let you see positive images when you had a dark background, say, in in Internet Explorer even. But in any instance where an image was involved, their default was the image looks right. Even if you're using accessibility settings to tune the way your dark mode looks in Windows. And I've always wanted to say to Apple, why? Why can't you make that better? (laughs) Because it seems so obvious. (laughs) And now working on the web, I would use that every single day because a lot of what I have to do is pick images to go with the stuff that I write and, and put put on the page. So, And that's just it. Like you go back to, you know, kind of transitioning over to mobile. Like the, in the last iOS 11, they introduced this smart invert feature that was kind of trying to do some of that. But, I, you know, I did beta testing of both iOS 11 and 12. And the feedback that I would give them is like, even Apple's own apps, like for the longest time, you know, I think photos and there was like one other app that would do the smart invert, like mail and Safari of all things didn't support it for the longest time. So images still looked inverted 
And it was just like, why would you do that? Just like have it system wide. It just made no sense to me. And they're finally getting a little bit better about that. But then, you know, a third party app also has to, you know, I kind of wish it was like a system thing where it just worked, but it sounds like something where a third party app still has to support that smart inverts specifically. Otherwise it's still not going to work in the way, in the way that it's intended. So that's kind of frustrating. As far as I understand it, the, the developers have to say to the operating system, like, Hey, this is an image. Um, and then right. because the operating system is the one in charge of flipping the colors, the app might not, I, I don't know. I'm not a, um, iOS developer, but the app uh, might not even know that it's in dark mode. But if they've said, hey, this is an image, then the operating system can handle it. Um, so I have a feeling that that's up to application developers to implement for that reason, because otherwise Apple has to go through every single app on your on your iPhone or I- iPad and go, hmm, this looks like it might be an image, but actually maybe they're using an image as a button, which <laughs> accessibility-wise, not a good idea, people. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> Use right. buttons as buttons. Um, well, but- and the challenge, too, is in something like photos, for a while you had an image that would render correctly when you had it in invert mode. The image did not work well in invert mode, so you had to flip it to a positive color, which also meant that you had white bottom and top bars, which was difficult from an accessibility point of view, especially if you want to click a button that's on that bar. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge problem with apps in iOS, even if they support uh, invert smart invert colors for images. If you have a menu structure that requires that relies on different colors of menus. Say some menus have dark backgrounds and some menus have light backgrounds. The Sonos app is a prime example. Every time I switch something in the Sonos app, the background switches color from light to dark, from dark to light. And that's true whether I have invert colors enabled or not. So it's not merely a matter of saying, okay, do I support positive images in inverted mode? But have I designed my menus in such a way that they're going to look good whether they're in invert mode or non-invert mode? Or is there even a method to say in the development environment, is there a method to say if this is if invert colors is on, don't change the color of the menu or do change it to a darker background or something like that? And I don't know the technical ins and outs of that, but I know that in many, many cases – uh, the the menu structure of apps. When I see a hamburger menu, I'm always fearful because I'm going to tap that button and the menu color is going to be a complete contrast with the content that I've been looking at and it's a nightmare. <laughs> right. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. I've just been trying the Sonos app in dark mode and my eyes are not happy because the white menu at the bottom <laughs> is actually kind of light bluish and oh, no, that's Yeah, right. it's... it's And, and that's, that's particularly prominent one because as you move through the app you switch to alternate uh screens you know anything you click changes the seems to change the background just because of the way you move through that app and there are other apps that are at issue you're i'd forgotten how long it took apple actually to support its own smart number colors jesse i was on that beta too and i guess i sort of you know sublimated it in my memory somewhere because they eventually fixed it but <laughs> and the thing with it was like you know i had heard about oh this smart invert thing is coming and i got like really excited it's like oh you mean i can actually since they're not going to give us a dark mode, you know, and, you know, they're teasing us, the watch gets it, Mac gets it, iOS doesn't yet. Well, and, and again, th- th- there are specific, I did a whole long, and I gave them feedback about this as well, but I did a whole long discourse on 
keyboards in different apps and how the contrast is notably terrible. And that's why I have to have invert, smart invert colors on my accessibility shortcut because depending on what app I'm in, I don't know what color that keyboard is going to be or whether it's going to have sufficient contrast. And so my book actually has this grid of this is the kind of app, that keyboard that you get in this app. This is the kind of keyboard you get in this app just to sort of show what I'm talking about because as a visual, it really works. And people are like, wait, there are that many keyboards in iOS? Yes, there are. And then things like the, you know, the passcode field, right? So uh, the betas for iOS 12 actually had some passcode fields that were almost impossible to read if you had inverted colors. And I fed that back to them. And actually, they changed it pretty quickly. So I like to think that was my fix, but they shouldn't have had the problem in the first place. <laughs> So uh, the other thing about iOS is that there are some apps, and there have been reading apps notably, that have their own sort of versions of dark mode. Twitterific mm -hmm. does. iBooks does. There's some other apps that do. I wonder if either of you guys have, have used those and how you feel about app-specific dark modes. I was really excited. Yeah, I use Twitter all the time. Just I, I'm just using the regular Twitter app, and they finally added that dark mode. Although they had a weird bug when it first came out. <laughs> they made some weird assumptions about... Oh, well, if you're a voiceover user, these are the settings that we think should be good for you. And it took me forever to figure out if you had voiceover on when you launched the app, the dark mode thing would never appear for you because it just said, oh, well, these are the settings that you guys would want. And it took me a little bit of finagling and I actually did a video about it and posted it. Um, it was like, oh, you guys might want to fix this. And so eventually they did. And now it's like, oh, okay, now you can have the dark mode. But yeah, the Twitter... And Voice Dream Reader, God, I love that app. Um, those are the ones I primarily use that have a dark mode. Yeah, most or Overcast. Often, yeah, a lot of yeah, Overcast lives in dark mode for me. It's never been in anything else. I don't actually have Overcast open that much. I tend to just open it and hit play and go off and do something else. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Audible Kindle app though. I tend to read on my Kindle Oasis, which. Uh, has uh also has a dark mode actually which i really like uh you can actually have a dark background with white text if you want to um i believe that might only be on the latest kindle oasis but i have quite a few apps in dark mode there are some apps that i just don't care whether or not they're in dark mode uh carrot is one of them i like it in light and dark mode it's easy for me to read in both it's nice and colorful and uh, Shortcuts, of course, my favorite application does not have a dark mode, but it seems no. to do all right in invert colors, which is okay. It would be better if it had a dark mode, but at least Agreed. if it works mostly in invert colors, that's all right. It, it would, especially because you've got all those tiles. It would just, it just I'd love it in a nice dark mode. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That would look really nice, though. It would look swell. Yeah. I have a chapter in, in my book about low vision tools, and I spend a lot of time talking about individual apps that have dark modes and that also, by the way, often, if they have a dark mode, have the ability to resize text. Again, iBooks and Twitterific are examples of that, and it seems to kind of go hand in hand. And I, I feel like beyond the reading apps, though, that's not something that people do. And you, you kind of have to choose. Are you going to do invert colors? Or are you going to do dark mode? So I don't end up using a lot of dark mode because I've chosen invert colors so that I can mm -hmm. see more smart invert colors so I can see more of my, my stuff without having to 
to switch, but it does seem to me like there are lots of apps that could benefit from a dark mode that don't. Does OmniFocus on iOS have dark mode? Yes, and it has automatic switching based on light level too. Oh, very nice. I forgot, of course, one app that I'm in all the time is Drafts made by Agile Tortoise, and you can Mm -hmm. set uh, your different base font size in there. So it will either use whatever you've set your system font size to be, um, because of course, as an accessibility setting, you can increase the default font size on iOS. But you can also set that separately in drafts if you want. So if you want to have a larger or smaller text in drafts, you can do that. And they've got a bunch of different themes in there. I'm just having a look to see because um, they, they've got, of course, light and dark. And then there's light gray, sepia, solarized gray, all sorts. I like that you could do that in drafts because I prefer to have my... I don't use accessibility text sizes. There are two, two levels of dynamic type support in iOS. You can use accessibility text text sizes, or you can use somewhat smaller, just increased text size that's not inside of the accessibility settings. And I tend to be on the larger side of the the mainstream set of font sizes. But I love that in drafts, I can start with a bigger font size, and I just open a document and it's there for me. I don't have to fiddle with it because there's a a couple of other... Editorial does that too, and so Mm -hmm. I tend to write either in editorial or in drafts. I used to write in... There's an app called Plain Text, which was just plain text. It was great, but it didn't let me switch the font. It didn't let me have a font automatically that was the size I chose. I had to go switch it. So Yeah, Yeah, because the other thing I've done in drafts is I've set a different font. So you could use a system font or you can use... I think yes. there's hundreds of I do that fonts too. I have I have favorite fonts that I because I, yeah. I drafts is my default. Oh, I'm having a meeting, I need to take notes app. Because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know it does many more things as well. I should learn to automate properly in drafts, but <laughs> hey, if you're happy with using it, it doesn't matter, right? Providing you can use it, that's what counts. Right. Right. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about Android. And, and Jesse, maybe you're our, our expert here. I don't know. I've spent a little time in Android. I know there are some updates to Android Pie for accessibility, as well as Samsung having some dark mode features for the new galaxies. Uh, how, how far, how deep are you into the Android world? Well, I ha- um, I've had a few Android devices. Um, however, I, my smartphone platform has pretty much been iOS. So I've really been working on Android tablets. Uh, back in the day, I had the original Nexus 7 and then the follow-up Nexus 7. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, support for those died, like, very, very quickly. Uh, Google, you know, despite being a Google device, they just kind of dropped support very quickly. And now, eh, I think it was last year sometime, I bought a Samsung Galaxy Tab S3, uh, which, man, you know, and then... I love the OLED screen on these newer devices. I, you know, I got my iPhone XS Max recently, and there, there's so, just something about those OLED screens where the you know the text and the colors and everything, everything just pops, and like your blacks are, especially if you're looking at a dark mode or inverted colors, it's everything just pops out so crisp. It looks really, really good. Um, Android is sort of frustrating in a few ways. Uh, it's good in a few ways, but it's frustrating in a few ways because what I find is as far as um, like a dark mode, you do have a kind of invert colors mode. You you have that. Samsung, I think, has uh, – I haven't really played with it much, uh, but I think it, it, it has like a thing where you can kind of have some things dark, but it doesn't work everywhere. And they, there's in the Google Play Store, there are 
some, you know, the thing with Android is you can have all these custom launchers uh, that can give you different looks. The problem with Android um, is that, well, you have your fragmentation. It's like, well, this only works in this version of Android. Um, I'm currently running Android 8 because I can't get 9 yet. Um, and then you have most of their development is for the phones. So because I'm working on a tablet, a lot of those uh, themes and a lot of those launchers, you know, I go to the Play Store and look at them and go, this looks promising, and they're not compatible with my device. I've tried a couple of them to see if I could kind of jerry-rig them to work, but they just don't. Um, so a lot of it, I think if you had a phone, you might be a little bit better off and you could probably get some custom launchers that would darken a lot of what you're looking at. But even there are things that those don't cover. So like if you go into the settings app, you remember early Android, the settings app used to be this nice dark gray color with light text. And now after iOS, you know, for, for better or for worse, everybody seems to copy Apple and the moment Apple went from, you know, I went to iOS 7 and said, hey, we're going to make everything bright, white, and flat. And everyone's like, oh, me too, me too. Um, so <laughs> Android kind of did that as well. And I don't like that change as much. I think Android 2, there's a consistency issue because you couldn't count on the background of the home screen versus the settings app versus whatever app you might be working in being consistent so that whatever dark mode you might have, it's at some point not going to work. And then to add insult to injury, it wasn't available in the accessibility shortcut like TalkBack or like the other features were. So you could, so I couldn't really live in Android because I could neither choose a mode or switch easily from one mode to another. And that was kind of frustrating. And I don't know if it's, that's been, I think Nougat was probably the last Android that I played with to any great extent, but I know some things have changed, and I think the dark mode stuff is now in accessibility shortcut for Pi, but I don't know how that affects a mainstream dark mode user. Yeah, but, and I don't know, like, I don't have Pi on my device yet, um, because like I said, you don't get a lot of these updates in a very timely fashion on Android. And I think if you're looking for a dark theme, um, you kind of have to live with the kind of inverted colors because I think if you want more of a, a consistent other than your home screen, maybe you'll just have to choose like a, uh, maybe you choose a light background so that when you live in inverted colors land, <clears throat> then that'll be dark as well. So I think if you want a more consistent experience, I'm thinking that your invert colors might be probably your most consistent way to go. I do think there are and a lot of Android apps with dark modes. I think you're kind of more on your own as far as, I mean, and there are new things coming in Pi and, and the Samsung customizations are kind of interesting. I need to dig into that more. I, I guess one question I, I meant to ask when we were talking about iOS, but we can just use, do this generally, is about uh, night mode because, mm -hmm. Rose, you said that you will switch into dark mode in, in the evening. Are you a user of the automatic night mode, night shift features on iOS and elsewhere? Yes, I am. And that's something that I actually wanted to mention, that it goes away when you do invert colors. So you've got rid of you know, all you of this. You can't use them together. Yeah, you've got rid of this blue blue light, and that's great. And then it just gets a bit darker. So you're like, okay, I just I need to finish this thing, and I, I'm going to bed, but the mail doesn't have dark mode. Great. So what am I doing? 
I flip my phone into invert color mode and then there's just this blue light burning into my retinas. It's like somebody's coming for me, uh, which is quite frustrating, I have to say. Uh, I do try and avoid using my phone too late in general, but yeah, sometimes you don't have a choice. You just need to get something done and that's the device you have. And it's a real shame that those two aren't compatible. Yeah, I looked at Night Shift when it first became available, and the first thing it told me was, you've got to pick between Invert Colors or Night Shift. And I pretty much gave up Night Shift right at that point because mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be an option for me. Um, and I, I wonder, too, and, and Jesse mentioned the OLED screens. Rose, do you have OLED devices? Because I do not. And I have been curious about how OLED was going to impact the effectiveness of various dark modes. Uh, in some cases, a lot of apps have got a dark mode and a true dark mode, which I really, really like. So, for example, uh, I believe Overcast, if I just open it and check it. Yes. So, Overcast in the, I believe it's themes, you can have light, dark, and black, which means that you really are making the great use of that OLED screen because it's just turning off a bunch of pixels. And a lot of applications have been doing that with their dark mode. I am very pleased to say, for example, Things has done that. And that is really nice if you have uh, an application that you like to use that supports it and a device that supports it as well. Um, so, yeah. And and my understanding, here's the interesting thing about OLED. And, you know, I, I'm hopefully I'm not wrong on this, but the way I understand it is... OLED is powered a little bit differently than your LCD screen. So if you have a pure black pixel, if you have, you know, just a, a pure black, nothing there, those um, those areas of the screen don't necessarily have to get power mm-hmm. at that yeah. time. So what really baffles me, you know, both on Android, but especially for iOS, you know, I was thinking maybe when they came out with the iPhone 10 last year, for sure this year, why would I mean it would make so much sense if you are working if you were running in a pretty dark mode or true dark mode sort of a environment? Why wouldn't you want to include that? Because now you have okay, you've got these really sharp screens. A lot of people prefer it, but not only that, you know, they keep wanting to talk about saving battery life. Well, if if you have you're looking at just a lot of text, but you have a lot of white slash dark space around. Why wouldn't you want to have the dark mode and save even more battery? That's my question. I think, and I'm purely speculating because I can't find a source on this. I have a feeling that somebody somewhere said that if you're, um, if you leave the screen on for too long, then you you can still get burn in on OLED. Um, and really, s- um, I think that w- might have been what of it. Older screens, I think, were more susceptible to that. Yeah, it I don't sounds know the like more newer is. ones have gotten better about it. But I think if yeah. an image stays on the screen for a really long time, that can happen. Uh, but I'm not an expert in that field, in, in that area either. But that's kind of what I've heard. But some of the newer screens are a little better about it. Seems like yeah. that would be less of a thing in mobile where you're probably less likely to leave it on the same screen or it to be yeah. light lighted for any period of time, you know. I mean it could happen. And also iOS does have the automatic locking, which I believe they enable right. by default now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course then, you know, locks your phone for you so all the screen is off, not just some of the pixels. Yeah, and even like watching videos, like, you know, I'm glad the YouTube app has a dark mode finally as well. But like I watch a lot of uh, YouTube and there's video content and boy, man, the the blacks on those OLED screens, it just, it looks so good. Yes. Yeah. That's really the thing that would tip me over the edge into getting a, a 10 
phone this year because I didn't get one last year. And the, the OLED screen is, I, I feel like I need to sort of sit with them side by side. It's it's one of those things where your mileage will absolutely vary based on your the, not only your visual acuity, but like what light conditions you're typically in mm-hmm. and, and what apps. And, and as, like you say, if you have something like Overcast, which sort of accounts for OLED, yeah. you're going to have a much better experience. And yeah, the, the two things I would say, like I was on the fence, like, because these things cost so bloody much money um, that... <laughs> the the main two things that kind of pushed me over the edge to get the um, the iPhone XS Max this year is last year I didn't want to I wanted an OLED but I didn't want to get one because the screens on that phone were actually smaller than my seven plus at the time I'm like no we're not shrinking our screens but now we have a bigger screen uh, and I, you know the the screen quality and the camera like especially for using the built in magnifier app is actually really, really sharp. Let's talk about the web and dark mode. So first and foremost, as I said, there are some browsers, Chrome specifically, that aren't supporting dark mode yet on Mojave. My experience with Windows was better. Safari obviously supports it. And I I guess I'm wondering, but the the question has been asked, should web, and some people have said outright, web developers should build sites for dark mode, Rosemary, you're you're a you're a web developer. What's your take on that? Should that should web developers do that, or should that be something that the browser should mediate? Uh, well, I think it's uh, half uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Uh, so, as a web developer, I would love to add CSS for a dark mode and be able to specify that somewhere in the header. But then I. Well, obviously, I could do something like what Mac Stories has done, what several websites have done, where there's a button in in the menu on the website where you can say, okay, right, I want to switch mode. So if I'm in light mode, go to dark mode. If I'm in dark mode, go to light mode. But what would be great is if the browser could say, hello, I'm using dark mode. And then my site, I could program my site to just go, here's the dark mode. You know, you can switch if you want to, but here's the automatic one. So I think it needs to be a collaboration. I know Firefox has got support where you can specify which CSS uh, file it is that you want to use on the page, but I don't believe that that is a all-browser thing yet. And until something is supported on enough operating systems and by enough browsers, and as much as I love Safari, it is not the most frequently used browser of at least the very least the applications that I program for. Um, you know, it, it needs to be there. There needs to be enough mass for the developers to actually do something because otherwise I could spend a, a good couple of days implementing that and then my boss is going to go, so why did you do this? You know, we've got three users who are going to use this out of 200, 2000. Uh, so it needs to be uh, supported yeah, and, and I guess there there are various ways of doing it. Like there's there's a tool called SiteQs out there, which is basically software that lives on the server. And if it if somebody invokes it, then they can magnify the content of their screen. They can change the colors and that sort. Of, so that's one way to go. Or you could do it just purely with CSS and a button. Mm-hmm. The only problem with a button that's website specific is, I mean, I guess that's great if you go to a specific website all the time and you know that yeah. that's what you're going to do. The first thing I'd want to do is automate that process. I go to yeah. that website and it automatically defaults to the mode that I choose. I don't. Have to punch the button. No, m- most websites store that in a cookie. So, for example, Mac okay, Stories. Great. If you've gone, if you've yeah. gone dark mode, they'll say, you know, as long as the cookie's still there, they they know that you're in dark mode. They'll just automatically deliver dark mode. But uh, it would right. be great to have the toggle and have that link to the browser somehow, so that if the browser says, "Hey, I'm in dark mode," then the toggle automatically goes to dark mode, and you never see the light mode unless you go looking for it. I um another just a couple of like experiences from my own life that I'll relate. So when I went to work at, at Texas Standard for reasons that are beyond 
me and predate me quite a bit. Uh, the default for the website was a black background with white text. And everyone hated it. And in theory, I would have loved it because I was living in, in dark mode and I wouldn't have had to do so in order to, to view the website by default. But of course, everything around the content, including the browser itself and the operating system I was in, would have been backwards, would have been light, and that would have been bad for me. And one of the things I did, uh, was again, which may seem counterproductive, but I'm very happy about it, is we switched to a more standard white background, dark text on mm -hmm. our website. And yes, should we add CSS to make it possible to, to do a dark mode? That would be a great thing to do. We're a WordPress site. That's probably something that's very easy. There's probably a plugin for that. I believe that I there actually is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing I'll say is that there, there another side, and this is where I call out somebody, uh, John Gruber's Daring Fireball is one of the most difficult to read sites ever, and he actually has tools in there that allegedly make it easier to read, but I'm not able to go, I'm not able to get a dark mode, whether I'm in uh, light or dark. The problem is contrast. It's relative contrast. So you can say, all right, I have a background that is dark, but if the text overlaying it is not sufficiently far away from the background, whatever mode I'm in, whether I'm in light mode or dark mode, is not going to be helpful. And, and that's the, the sort of site where it seems... And it's it's the thing about it is, otherwise, it's a great site because the margins are very wide. There's not a lot of images that make it busy. In theory, that would be a perfect site to read. But I just suck that into an RSS feeder if I want to read that site. And it's it's, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, and and not, not, not something you see too often. Usually, the problem with low-contrast websites is that there's a lot of background imagery or that there's some sort of animation stuff going on, that sort of thing. I don't even know if I have a question. Maybe I'm just ranting. But are, are there situations like that that you feel like in, in, the, in a web context uh, make it challenging to work within a dark mode? Yeah, I mean, like I said, especially as a low-vision user and, you know, being – especially, you know, living in a dark room most of the time – um, <clears throat> when you get those, you know, you, oh, you get your operating system all good. You, you got some of your programs all good. And then you load a web page and, you know, you, you load up Google or you load up something that has a bright white background. It's like, oh, geez, that's really, really harsh. Um, I, I, I would love to see more sites do just the kind of JavaScript thing of like, oh, I see you're using dark mode. Let's uh, use that kind of a thing. A couple of sites that I do, uh, that I do visit, um, one that I go to fairly frequently, uh, Giant Bomb gaming site. Uh, Giant Bomb is a, uh, they have a nice light and dark mode thing that they remember when you visit there. There's an, uh, there's a mobile app. I can't remember. It's one of the, one of my financial ones that I <clears throat> use. I can't remember if it's for my electric or my, f it's, it's one of my bills that I pay, but it, that has the same issue that you were just talking about where yeah, if, you, if you're using the white version or if you're using inverted colors, either way is bad visually because the 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 text is so close in contrast to the background that's like, man, could you made that any harder to read? <laughs> and this, people, is why I use standard CSS packages. Somebody else has already thought about that for me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so when you're when you're are you so are you doing front end web stuff or back end or or both or I, yes whatever needs doing <laughs> yeah, whatever it is so so you're being handy with CSS is probably the 
easiest. I mean, I would think it would be both the easiest for the developer and just the most flexible from a user point of view. Just just yeah. do it in CSS and get, yeah. use a cookie to determine whether you're in dark or light mode. Right? Yeah, well, the combination of CSS and JavaScript for a button and to actually switch it would probably be the right approach. But I mean, it, it very much depends on if Apple are going to give all of the browsers and anything that can theoretically access content from elsewhere uh, something to determine whether or not they're in dark mode. So yes, they, they have done that with at the very least applications being able to detect whether they're in light and dark mode and automatically switch, um, but whether or not that's going to flow through so that those applications will actually pass it on, uh, that's, that's the little trigger that we need. And and what does that mean for, or what does the webification of apps mean in both mobile and desktop? We were talking about, as, as we always do with podcasters, complaining about Skype before we got on the call. But there are an awful lot of apps that are now uh, webified, and a lot of sites, frankly, that are webified too. So you have hamburger menus that look very familiar from from apps now popping up in sites and some of those contrast problems that I was talking about where you switch from a content window to a, to a menu uh, seem to have slipped into modern uh, web development and I'm, I'm wondering if, if if it's as straightforward as using better CSS to make that to fix that uh, well from uh, a large-scale project, which I am unable to name right now, um, I can tell you that if you don't have accessibility in mind from the beginning, trying to shoehorn it in afterwards is difficult and expensive. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to have to perhaps sit down and there's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but they're really going to have to figure out if it is purely CSS that's the problem, if they're just having issues with colors, or if maybe it's the actual design of what they've come up with, which is causing mm -hmm. accessibility issues for users. Um, because it's maybe looks really pretty to have this nice tiny font in the middle of a black screen. But can anybody read that? <laughs> well, that was going to be my, my next question. Is it possible for those of us with accessibility? I mean, you can you can say whether it be legalistically or just from a it's the right thing to do point of view, you should be more accessible. But it seems to have more currency if you're able to say, you know, there are all these dark modes and people are using them, whether they have accessibility needs or not. It would be really great if your app or your website was dark mode aware. And I wonder if you think that's something that is, is likely to, to happen. Well, I think it's getting there because... It started with the article viewing mode in Safari, which is available on iOS and on the Mac, where, you know, if you're viewing an article on a website, there's this, this button. It looks like the left align button from any word processor that's up in the menu bar and you can click on it and then you just get an article view. And that is slowly flowing into almost every website that at the very least has you know, something news-based or something that you should just be sitting and reading. Um, so I think, I mean, as a web developer, I'm definitely willing to give it a shot, um, but I, I'm i going to need some support from the browser. So I think a lot of web developers are like me. They would probably be quite happy to implement that. The question is whether or not we're allowed to by people in charge of us and uh, whether or not <laughs> we have the tools available to do it. But if it was made easy enough to do, then I think, you know, we... Uh, we would be able to find the time to do it maybe on a lunch break or something. A lot of people would see that as a challenge. Obviously, you have to support a number of browsers, but are there any particular browsers that make that easier? Uh, I honestly uh, just have a flat rule that I'm supporting the last two versions of Firefox and Chrome for the stuff that I'm that I'm making, and that's it. Uh, it does also work in Safari, but somebody was saying to me like, "Oh, Internet Explorer eight doesn't work with your website," and I just mm. said, okay. <laughs> oh, <God. clears throat> I don't support 
uh, browsers God. that aren't supported by their providers anymore. Thank you. <laughs> so, how about how about Edge? Uh, Edge tends to work, yeah. Uh, I came across one weird issue with Edge, but Safari has some weird things with loading a CSS sometimes where stuff doesn't work and it's just a little bit complicated. But uh, thankfully, the stuff that I am programming is for generally a very small user circle and those users have been given devices with Firefox or Chrome pre-installed as their default browser or the Mm. users of them are advanced enough to realize that, hey, if this isn't working in this out-of-date browser, then maybe I should try updating my browser. <laughs> um, when you're talking about like the apps and web app kind of things, one of the things I do like about Windows 10, and I think it was the fall update last year, um, they actually added, there's a setting, you go under themes, and on the left-hand side, there's a colors uh, thing. You go all the way down to the bottom there, and there's a uh, app background. And so a lot of the Windows 10 store apps and a lot of Microsoft's apps and things like that, you can switch by default as a light mode but they do have a dark mode. So like, I think that ties into things like your Skype web app. Like I'm, ru- I'm running a dark theme on that and it looks actually really good. Um, but like when you go into settings or ease of access or windows update, or even like the store, some of those things. So they do kind of support, you know, if they're using their regular windows 10 framework, a lot of your windows 10 apps can also have a dark theme that way. Well, uh, this has been fun. Let us go on to our, Last topic, which is one more thing where I ask a hopefully somewhat whimsical question, and this is a really simple one. Uh, What is your current, it could be desktop or mobile, whatever you prefer to out yourself on, but what is your current uh, desktop background pattern? Uh, On my Mac, uh, I'm using, I believe this was introduced with High Sierra. It's one of the Apple default backgrounds. It is black with, I have the purple, pink, and blue powders exploding. Uh, And I really like that because it's still colorful, but it's quite dark as well because, you know, I live under a bridge. <laughs> Jesse, what's yours? Uh, Windows, I'm pretty much. Um, I, I'm currently looking for a new one. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm big into gaming as well, and so I'm trying to find a cool gaming wallpaper with a dark background, preferably. But right now, I am using the. Uh, it's a built-in Windows 10 version. Uh, Windows 10 one. It's the uh, the blue like stained glass kind of looking thing, uh, where you have like the. It's kind of got this window on the right hand side, and you got some light rays coming in. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool looking. So mine, and I didn't bring the cable in here that I need because I was going to play this for you, but on iOS, uh, not only can you choose a dynamic wallpaper as I've done, but you can invoke voiceover, and voiceover will describe it for you. A swirl of shiny reds and vibrant blues dances, the dance of convergent symbiosis, button. And the thing about invert colors that is nice is that whether you are using uh, invert colors or not, the background remains, the home screen basically remains the same. So that was a smart thing that Apple did. So I get to choose a background that will work whether I'm in uh, inverting color, invert colors or not. Um, I want to say first, before I uh, thank my guests and give them the opportunity to tell us where we can find them online, I collected several links for this show, and a couple of them are more technical than we got on Dark Mode, but they're great links, including Stephen Hackett's macOS Mojave article that he published during the beta cycle, but it's very cool on how Mojave works and all the different elements of it. I've got some articles about Windows 10's update, Windows 10 updates, and how the Dark Mode is invoked, and you can actually see the pictures, which is fun, as well as one on uh, the Android Pi uh, dark mode 
updates for both Pi generically and for Samsung. So look for those in the show notes. It was far more detail, but it's really than we could get into in the show. And as I say, it's visual, so it's kind of fun to take a look and uh, uninvert your colors to look at them because that's the irony. When you're in invert colors, you have to switch back so that you can see what they really look like. <laughs> Jesse, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, well, I'm around the internet. I'm around a few different places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash BGFH. Uh, I am on Mixer every once in a while, uh, mixer.com slash BGFH, kind of my gamer tag theme. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel called Illegally Sighted, a little spin on the old legally blind thing there. But um, uh, yeah, youtube.com slash illegally sighted will get you there. I do a variety of different types of things. Um, it's largely focused on gaming and game accessibility from a low vision point of view, but I also do um, like some hardware, hardware reviews stuff. I've got some uh, iOS accessible games and apps. Um, cheap plug. I did just so happen to post my iPhone 10 S max review today. Uh, so that is out there as well. And the other thing I'm getting into on the channel that I'm really trying to hopefully advocate for is VR accessibility, uh, virtual reality accessibility. I got to see an early prototype of the Oculus Rift VR headset and was just blown away. And because the medium is so new, what I'm hoping is is to uh, feature some of this VR accessibility stuff on the channel. Uh, I would love to be able to connect with people at Oculus or Valve or other places. Um, you know, standards haven't been made yet, so I would love to have accessibility just be another core framework of the standards as they get developed. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to shoot for. Very cool. Rose, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, well, I am Rosemary Orchard, and that is both my URL and my handle. So rosemaryorchard.com and uh, at Rosemary Orchard on Twitter, microblog, uh, Mastodon. I'm on mastodon.social. And uh, you can also find me on the Automators podcast. And I'm very much hoping that I'm going to get to talk to some people about using automation to increase accessibility at some point. So if you're one of those people, then please do get in touch with me. Because I would love to talk about that. I might be able to point you to some folks. That's cool. You can find me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. You can follow this podcast at Parallel Pods. A new episode comes out every two weeks. And you can find those at Relay.fm slash Parallel, where you can also subscribe in your podcatcher of choice. We'll be back in two weeks with another show. So until then, we'll see you next time.